connect the Knox. I'm your host, Julia Hurley, connecting the nation to Knoxville. Today's guest, let me just make this introduction. It's going to be a long one, maybe not so long, but I want to say this. This is one of the most talented clothiers I have ever seen. This man has vision. He has style. He's got class. He used to have a ladies line. I have one of the very last hand-designed skirts from Mark Nelson Denham. I'm going to tell you right now, the man is absolutely talented. Marcus Hall, owner of Mark Nelson Denham, introduce yourself to our crowd because I am so excited to hear your story. And again, I have to say this, one of the most talented design clothiers I have ever seen. So take it away, Marcus. Tell us a little bit about you and how you ended up in Knoxville, Tennessee. Well, thank you for that amazing introduction, first and foremost. And now you are not a realtor. You are an entertainer by far. (laughs) (laughs) So, but yes, thank you for having me here. My story is my family originally from Georgia and Ohio, and my great-grandparents moved to Tennessee. And so that brought me and my family there. My uh, great-grandfather, who Mark Nelson Denham is based out of, or the the last name is from, was actually a uh, janitor at the TVA Credit Union, but he wore a suit every day. And he taught me and my brothers, no matter who you are, you're a janitor or the mayor, you always want to leave the house looking like someone. And so that resonated with me. And that's why I pay homage to that's where the Nelson comes from and Mark Nelson for my great grandfather. So um, there you go. Yeah, it's a beautiful story. Yeah. And as a matter of fact, I was living in Los Angeles before we opened the shop downtown Knoxville, where we're currently located. And when I came to see the building, it's literally three blocks from where my great grandfather lives. So that all kind of made me make the decision to move back home to Knoxville. And here we are almost 13 years later in business. That is a crazy. I had no idea. That, that was even part of the story here. I In my head, I had imagined you were in Milan, Italy, and just some random ball span was wearing a hat, and you're like, I'll check that place out. <laughs> you actually have a, a rich heritage here. Yes, absolutely. Yes, my great-grandfather and grandparents. And if you didn't know, there used to be a Levi's plant in East Knoxville over on Cherry Street, and that plant was there for decades and actually supplied jobs to most of the East Knoxville community. And so that's how we, the denim even became a deal for me. I took tailoring at Austin East High School so that I could then leave there and go work at that Levi's plant. But they shut down and started producing in Mexico and China. And so years later, I was like, you know what? I appreciated the feeling that I had and the pride that I had that my family members and other East Knoxville community members worked and made a product at that Levi's plant that was sold throughout the world. And I wanted to bring some of that pride back and start manufacturing here in the U.S. and bring community members and family members on board. And we all made a product that potentially could be uh, as big as the Levi's brand. I am so confused and jealous. I absolutely 1000% never learned to trade in high school. They didn't teach us anything like that. That is yeah. So you're not you're not that old yeah. yet. <laughs> no, I mean I'm sorry. I don't even know how to sew on a button. It's just not something that we were ever taught, and they actually had an entire class for that. Yes, wow. absolutely. Back in the olden days, they, they you know they taught. <laughs> Austin East used to have a brick mason class. They used to have obviously the home ed, but it also taught you how to do cooking restaurant environments. They had an auto mechanics class. 
they had tons of vocational classes so that you could, for those who chose not to go to college and wanted to immediately go into the work field, could do that. Yeah, it was amazing. Absolutely. That is absolutely fascinating. I'm going to do a little more research on that. I think our education system could use a little more of that. Because school is expensive and a lot of kids go on to school and never use that education to go do anything that they're doing in the future. They end up doing something absolutely different and they spent a ton of money and time in college where they could have immediately went on to, you know, start making money. I'm all for a college education. That's an amazing deal. But if you're going to use it and you know what your what your path is going to be. Right. I agree with that 1000 percent. I remember when you first opened the store in downtown Knoxville, how can you paint the picture for us of when you first opened that building and how everything around you changed. Like give us the last 13 years of the growth that you've seen in just the downtown Knoxville market. Oh, wow. You know, Knoxville isn't the same place at all. Uh, 13 years ago, we uh, opened our shop in the basement of the building that we're currently in. And there was only one food truck, a sweet and savory. And we would have first Fridays there and we would get about 300 people because no one else was doing first Fridays. If you came to Knoxville then to visit and then came back today, you would think you were in a totally different town. I mean, the old city used to be in a place where we couldn't spark it and get restaurants or any, you know, staple to stay, Market Square. There was only a few things that uh, you could go to for dinery or, you know, just entertainment in general. And now Knoxville is as cool as it's ever been in my lifetime. There's food, places to eat, and fine dining like Tim Love's Lonesome Dove. You've got the Boyds, who's got Merchants of Beer. You've got an athletic club that you can go to that stays open 24 hours. And not, we haven't even talked about Gay Street and Market Square now is a thriving area that I'm proud to invite my friends and just in general visitors to come along and stay the weekend. And there's so much to do now other than to go to the Smoky Mountains. You could actually have a full weekend of entertainment in downtown Knoxville. So I'm so proud, not to mention that our Vols are kicking butt right now. They're, they're, they're I was actually segue right into that. I'm so glad you did. Because I, <laughs> I want everyone that's watching this to know that you are the number one clothier for the Vols football team. Most of the staff, the coaches, pretty much everybody wears Mark Nelson. Mark Nelson denim. I was trying to put that all in one there word. You go. Mark Coach Nelson Heifel. denim. Yes, you got yeah, it. And it's some of the, so I just so happened to be at your shop Meeting with Derek Furlow, who was just on our, our podcast with him, was released yesterday. And you had some of the top senior football players there for fittings. And I'm telling you, the quality, these kids are were all, I mean, they know what good quality clothing are. But when they were putting on these clothes, I mean, it was just a consistent like, wow, wow, wow. I mean, it was just a continuous, this is so soft. This is so nice. This fits so well. And you hadn't even made any changes to it yet. You are very talented to be able to even eyeball what somebody's fit needs to be and cut needs to be. Tell us, how long have you been doing this? And how did you work your way into such a specialty and rarity in today's market and clothing, honestly? Again, my mother taught me to sew at 12. I took tailoring. So it's something that I've had in my blood and been a part of most of my life. But from a professional status, again, I've been in business 12 years and we started with denim and specialty denim because we'd have a ton of athletes who have small waist, big butts, and, and they couldn't find a jean. <laughs> they know they, squats. You know? <laughs> yes, right. 
they couldn't find a gene that fit them. And so I was like, oh, wow. And so we found stretch denim that obviously helped in that, but they still needed some tailoring. And we just evolved from there to suiting. And now we're a lifestyle brand. One of our biggest deals is it's not just that, it's the service part of the deal. We take pride in what we do because when you wear our clothing, you represent our brand. And we, we still are a small brand. But that being said, the service part of our deal is that we want you to not only look good, but feel good. And we believe that when you look good, you feel good. And that being said, with fast fashion nowadays and this online service, I don't believe that you get the full service of the deal. So we keep a full-time tailor at our shop, which is needed because, again, you've got most people don't fit a base 32 or 34 or whatever. You know what I mean? There's, you know, either they're short or they're too tall or, they're, again, you've got big waist and no butt or you've got no waist and a big butt. So it's important that you get a customer or a clothier that can provide the alterations and the little tweaks that make that clothing item fit the way it's supposed to fit. Pain head to toe? Go see Dr. Joe. Certified sports chiropractor with specialties in dry needling, soft tissue therapy, TENS unit targeting, and spinal manipulation. 15 years of athletic chiropractic training at your service right here in Knoxville, located off of South Peters Road. That's Dr. Joe Cairo at GoSeeDrJoe.com. Call the office today or visit our website. I wish that more people understood the quality of their clothing. I don't think that people, especially my generation, and I know, I know the younger generation has not a clue how to really and truly take care of custom clothing. It's not something we're taught. It's not something you read on a tag somewhere. It's either dry clean only or throw it away. And once I started getting into custom clothing, honestly, that skirt that you made for me, I have, to, <laughs> I should have brought it in here to show the world. That skirt looks like it was brand new from 13 years ago. I mean, I take such good care of that piece of clothing. And so I think that that's something that you also pass on through the conversations. And every person that gets something at your store is also being taught something they've never known before. And it's such, it's so rare to have that customization aspect of it and to also feel like you're still at home in downtown Knoxville. Quality is when you go to a clothier and you get custom clothing, it should be something that is an investment. You know what I mean? Like it's not something that you are going to wear one time and then, like you said, throw it away or put it in the back of your closet. And so we sit down with our clients and we talk about fabrics and what do you do for a living so that the fabric and the cut of your clothing and the meets up or matches up with what you're what you're doing for a living. We talk about in the last few years, has your weight changed or are you planning on losing weight or gaining weight or whatever the case may be? Because athletes tend to do that, but also dads do too. I mean, you know, if you're if you're a new dad, <laughs> you may put on a pound, right? You're gonna give, you're gonna have a dad bod in a few years, so we may need to you know add for some some let out space. But more importantly, again, yeah, it's, if you invest in a quality piece, it should hold up and it should be something that not only you wear for years, but if you have children, you can pass that garment down because I've worn tons of my grandfather's clothes. I remember the first 
tuxedo that I owned was my grandfather's. You know what I mean? It smelled like mothballs, but it was still. <laughs> I bet it was. I bet in today's what am I? What is uh, that tuxedo was probably the hottest trending. thing. If you put it on today, yeah, you got it. What's trending today? Right? Like I have to have that. That sixty-year-old tuxedo is really cool right now, yeah, it except is. for the mothball spell. But no, one hundred percent. So when you invest in a quality clothing, it will, it should last. And we love to talk to our clients about how you keep that up. And and again, it doesn't take a lot. You just if you buy something of quality, it should withstand the test of time. And short of you mud wrestling in it or, you know, whatever the case may be. And honestly, Julia, it's not good to over dry clean your clothing because it breaks the product down and that creates tearage or, you know, uh, you know spaces where you may have things that threads come out or whatever. So because wool or good fabrics are natural, you know, if a sheep or whatever, they don't go to the dry cleaners. They just, you know, <laughs> they air out. They, they, a good shampoo will do just fine, some soap and water. But no, sincerely, a great product will last forever if you take good care of it and you should be able to pass it down and keep it forever. So there you have Well, I feel like that you are the epitome of what a clothier should be, especially somebody that's local but national. Tell us about your travels. What have you learned outside of Knoxville and how has that helped you bring that into Knoxville and pass that along? Well, travels have been New York. Again, we try to produce and manufacture most of our garments in the United States, which has been hard to do. Uh, I started off in Los Angeles where we launched our first line and 100 percent of our line was created in Los Angeles. But it was always my passion to come back to Knoxville and use local talent. And when I did so, we started manufacturing in downtown Knoxville, but we also used a company out of Bristol, Tennessee, L.C. King, who's been there for over 100 years. And that was a great experience when we only did denim. But if you're going to use wash techniques and use chemicals like the stone washing and the potassium that you use and lightning clothes and all these different washes, uh, there's only a few places in the United States that you can do that in. And again, Los Angeles tends to be the place. A great story was the fashion editor for the New York Times was actually in Bristol and saw my line. She did a huge write up of my line in the New York Times. And that was the biggest weekend of our e-commerce that we've ever had. I was able to, fortunate enough to go up to New York and meet with uh, stores like Bergdorf and, and Saxeth Avenue and uh, Nordstrom's. And I was a little country boy. This was two years into creating the line, maybe three. And we met with Bergdorf and I was, the meeting was going so well. And then this other guy sat down and he looked at our line and said, this is really country. Oh, uh, <laughs> thanks, New York. Lucky right? <laughs> it's like that. And we, I were trying to sell it. And as a grown man, that was one of the very few times I was like, I think I'm about to cry. Like I was, it was like, he really hurt my feelings. It was, and he's like, in what, this and what are you doing with this and that? And so he shot us down and that was Friday's meeting. I think at that point, I probably would have snapped back and said, well, thank you so much. Dolly Parton said so. <laughs> <laughs> I I left there with my tails tucked between my my tail tucked between my I was like I'm thinking about not doing this anymore but I had two more meetings I had one Monday two on Monday and I had to stay in New York the following weekend this is a cool story I was in Soho uh, New York just randomly I, and I like man I need a drink yeah. uh you know what <laughs> I mean like I was like oh god I need a drink like that was harsh and so I went to this random bar and I sat down at the bar and ordered a drink and the bartender looked at me and goes, man, aren't you that denim guy? 
And I'm in New York City, by the way. And this is like, nobody knows me. And I'm like looking around for cameras and I'm thinking like, somebody's punking me right now. You know what I mean? Like I'm in New York. Nobody knows who the hell I am. I'm in New York. And he goes, man, I read your story in the New York Times and I love what you're doing. I saw your website. Keep doing what you're doing. Ain't that crazy? Like, that's amazing. And so I knew God sent an angel out to be like, hey, don't let that one experience change you. So I went out and bought a Hugo Boss suit that I could not afford that day because I'm like, I'm going to be so on point Monday that they are not going to be able to tell me no. Like, I'm regrouping. And Monday morning, I'm never on time for things. And I was early for this meeting and took a cab and I was sweating because I was in this suit and it was really hot <laughs> outside. And so I show up and I give my spiel to this guy who shows up in a T-shirt and painted jeans and painted holy tennis shoes. I love this. I love that. Da da da. Change the button on that. I'll take this, 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 and that. And in 20 minutes, I had an order for all this stuff. Just the total opposite. So from a roller coaster ride of that experience. Again, New York, and that was my experience in New York. But it worked out, and it learned me that we all have our opinions of what art or fashion should look like. I think being in the South is an amazing, and that's what brought me back home, is that we have a, a great culture. And if you think about denim and you think about farming, and but you know, but uh, and so we just started a hashtag, a Southern luxury, you know what I mean? Because we make luxury oh, items, that. and got it, yeah, yeah. And it's amazing. Uh, we have a store in Florida. People don't wear suits anymore, you know? They wear blue jeans, a custom shirt, a blazer, cool pair of cowboy boots or loafer or whatever, or sneakers, you know what I mean? And and so the world has changed so much, but what is consistent is denim is still here, baby. So uh, there you go. <laughs> I think you should write that man that told you that a letter. 13, <laughs> exactly. 13 years later and be like, from your country friend in Tennessee, <laughs> hashtag Southern luxury. Southern luxury. Jeans are for you. <laughs> I'm still here. Yeah. But coming back to Knoxville has been a, truly a blessing. It is it, to see the growth of Knoxville and the fact that I can contribute to making Knoxville a cooler place. Our building is, is situated in downtown Knoxville where, you know, and I know that we're building a major baseball stadium now and, and there's more residential spaces in downtown Knoxville. So I can't imagine where we are in the next five years or so in Knoxville, because it's just, yeah, again, you don't even recognize it. So I'm so stoked and excited about it. We all know that real estate is location, location, location. Our team at Just Homes Group, Realty Executives, has the true expertise, pairing buyers and sellers with the right opportunities. Whether you're looking to buy or sell a home right here in Knoxville, Lenore City, Clinton, or Farragut. We have the expertise throughout every Knoxville surrounding area. Call Just Homes Group Realty Executives today at 865-693-3232. I left my condo in Knoxville and I think I sold it for like $160,000, which at the time was unheard of. Wow. Yes, now. 160, everybody was like, I can't believe you got that much for your condo. That same condo is worth $500,000 today. It's crazy, right? $500,000 condo, 800 square feet, 800 square feet. <laughs> Come on. Yes, yes. How long ago was it when you sold the condo? We moved out of downtown Knoxville in 2014, 2015, yeah. I think. So less than 10 years, eight or nine years ago, right? So there you go. It's, it's amazing, though. But I'm I, again, I'm proud of Knoxville and, and to see that the height of our growth and, and where, like you said, property value right now is crazy. 
It's crazy. Yeah. Do you own that building? I do. Thank God. Good for you. Could not imagine what the lease would be on something in that space right now. Because I remember when that whole area, when you put that building down there, I was like, oh, that's <laughs> when you had your opening and I walked across the railroad tracks with my dog and I was like, I don't know if I need to be like, I'm not coming over here. Like, this is like, yeah, I agree. It was a puke, ugly, yellow, green building. And we've transferred. It was. We transformed. It really was. We, pla- <laughs> we painted the building black and it does. Now it's we've actually won a, an award for landscaping and whatever the case was. Yeah, so it is. Yeah, so I was pioneering. I was the pioneer of downtown. I'm the reason Knox is so cool right now. I love it. I love it. You were, though. You were the brave person that went to that side of downtown Knoxville. And we were all like, well, I hope he's okay. <laughs> we, were, we were all like, well, let's hope this works out. <laughs> I don't know. You were like my guy at, at Bergdorf. Huh? Yeah, exactly. Huh? Yeah, but we, we would, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you really should write that guy a letter and take a picture of your Florida store and Knoxville store and some awards and send him a free pair of jeans. This is for you. No, country. no, no. No free. No. <laughs> Just one leg. You have to pay for the other. Oh, leg. there you go. As you go. <laughs> Here's, a, here's one leg for free. If you yeah. want the other leg, that'll be $200, sir. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So Knoxville, big, small town. I feel like this is an almost overlooked space. So I traveled all over the country. I was in, I think I was 36 states in 2019. I was coaching other businesses on how to open and do all their stuff. Basically, I could, a business consultant at that point. And I would always tell people, I'm from Knoxville, Tennessee. Where's that? And I would say, Dolly Parton. They're like, I know Dolly Parton. I'm like, awesome. And that was all they knew. They knew Memphis because of Elvis, and they knew Dolly Parton because of Dolly Parton. That is all they knew. And I would talk about Oak Ridge National Lab, and I would talk about our teaching hospital, and I would talk about our massive campus. We're one of the largest colleges in the country. I would talk about our failing football team, which is now the best football team in the country. And they had no idea. They all thought we were just country bumpkins with no shoes, and they were always very impressed that I could speak properly. Do you have shoes on right now? I got I got on ons. I got okay. on the ons. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that that conversation over time has changed. And Knoxville is more welcoming, but still the same small town. I still see the same people everywhere I go, which makes me feel so good about it. But there's new people every time you turn around. I think Knoxville is an opportunity. I recall moving out to Los Angeles for the first time and coming from Knox. So A, the traffic is, you can't even imagine. And I mean, in LA, it's just so, I literally had a nervous breakdown in my car one day and I was like, oh God, I'm, I'm going back home. But I also remember going to, like you said, a bar or a restaurant and going to the same place multiple times and never being able to have a conversation with anyone. You know what I mean? Like I felt like there, I'm in a city where there's millions of people, but I felt very alone. And in Knoxville, there's nowhere you can go and not have a conversation with someone. <laughs> you never meet a stranger in Knoxville. We all have a common bond and love each other like family. And being in the downtown, and that resonates with me. And I recall getting in trouble and getting in trouble for gambling, going, having to go to prison for 14 months and coming back home and thinking, man, what am I going to do? And when I got home, I was shocked at how support and the kindness of the community that kind of brought me back to my feet and says, hey, it's all good. We're going to support you anyway. 
and, you know, several years later. And so, but I'm from Knoxville. And, and so I think one of the draws, if you're ever to come to Knoxville is a, although the cost of living has gotten higher, we're still a very affordable uh, city. I was in LA two days ago and gasoline is like $6 a gallon. And I'm like, Oh, thank you. Yeah. Right. What in the world is going on? And so you pay to be inconvenienced in cities like that. It's a dirty city. And like I said, you're in traffic for hours. And I think the draw to Knoxville is it is a super clean city. It's safe. Uh, the cost of living is fair. And it, although it's rising, rent is rising, but it's still better than most places in the United States. You never meet a stranger. There's so many outlets, whether it's the Chamber of Commerce, you know what I mean, or Knox Business Center. I mean, there's so many outlets for new businesses and or new companies. You got ORNL or the Oak Ridge National Laboratory, which is, you know, it's huge. Huge. Jobs everywhere. People just don't. A pilot corporation is here. Boyd Sports. Boyd Entertainment. You got it. Yeah, you got it. Randy Boyd. And yeah, you got the (laughs) University of Tennessee. uh, And there's so much room for growth. Yeah, I think Knoxville is a gem. Quietly, I don't want Knoxville to become Nashville. Again, I live downtown. I work downtown. I don't have to leave downtown Knoxville. I can literally walk, ride a bike. You know, then there's South Knoxville, which is amazing. Blowing up. Love it. I remember I was selling houses in Island Home back in 2014 for like $30,000 and couldn't convince people to buy them. I was calling people all over the country saying, hey, you need to get into Knoxville. I can get you a house in Island Home for 30 grand. They're like, oh, that's really expensive. I, I don't, Knoxville. And now they're begging me for property. I'm like, there's nothing down here, man. With COVID, there was a lot of negative, but people realize that being in a big city like New York and Los Angeles and paying this astronomical amount of rent and not knowing without the entertainment factor there, you know what I mean? Like if you're going to a Broadway play or shopping on, you know, in $10,000 a month for a maintenance fee on an apartment, you can't leave. Being able to have a backyard, you know what I mean? And then like, and wow, you could, what you were getting in, in New York and LA for half a million dollars was 800 square foot of something. Now you can get land and, you know, so yeah, I agree. I think Knoxville is an amazing place again. And we are nestled at the foot of uh, the Smoky Mountains, which is beautiful. And having traveled all over the United States, it's so green and we have four seasons. And unlike most places, you know, Florida or whatever, there's no earthquakes and you don't have to worry about tornadoes, hurricanes, all this stuff. Perfect. Yeah, we are. <laughs> Knoxville is a perfect place to live. Yep, you got it. All right, I have less than 30 seconds left. Favorite restaurant? Favorite restaurant is uh, Chivo for casual and Lonesome Dove for if I want to go toward a night out. You got it. I love Lonesome Dove. I really need to get back down there. Fridays, they have that burger special that is crazy. It's like 12 bucks or a burger that is the best burger in Knoxville, hands down. Ooh, I like that. Fridays, yes. Favorite bar? Favorite bar, Chivo for hunt down. Yeah, it is. Chivo is my favorite bar. It is. Yes. I like Wagon Wheel when I'm like out, like, you know. That's the second yeah, Wagon, Wagon Wheel. Wheel. Mark yeah, Jarrett's place is amazing. But yeah, but I go to Chivo like almost every day. Marcus Hall, Mark Nelson Denham, thank you for the opportunity. You got it, babe. Thank you. All right. Oh, favorite realtor. Oh, Julia. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Bye. Bye. Have a good day. <laughs>